0: Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sox on Tap. I'm Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Unfortunately, we're talking about the fourth White Sox loss in a row. Uh, they dropped the series opener at Kansas City tonight by a final score of 5-2. to two. Uh, Tony,
1: the roller coaster keeps trending down. Free-falling right now. Just absolutely free-falling. Um, I thought last night was bad, you know, when I'm... I'm laying down and listening to you and Andrew talk about how bad that one hurt yesterday. And I was okay with it because it's Oakland. And the Sox have just always had trouble in Oakland. And I thought to myself, we're going to Kansas City. We've kicked these guys' asses all year. We've got G. Alito on the mound. This is This is the turnaround. This is where we start to trend back up. You know, because I'm not a big roller coaster guy at all. I don't <laughs> like roller coasters. And here we are, still screaming downhill. And I don't even know what to do with myself right now because I'm scared shitless of the rest of the series now. Because Giolito is supposed to be your stopper, Johnny. Yep. Giolito is the guy that stops losing streaks. That's what your ace is there for. And we couldn't even pick it up today. I don't, I don't know, man. I I don't like this at all. Uh, this was a tough one. This could have been the, the tone setter to get back on track for the second half, and here we are. Just, they look lifeless, man. They're finding ways to beat themselves, and that's really not good when you're playing against the last place team in your division. How are you feeling? Because, I mean, this is, not, to me, I'm, I'm furious. So, yeah, it, it's definitely rough. Um, obviously, we talked about
0: how heartbreaking the um, loss on Sunday in Oakland was. But, uh, you know, this one hurts, too. Um, I will not. Blame this on Lucas Giulietta, though. Um, he had a decent outing, quality start, gave you a chance to win six innings, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned, only one walk, uh, five strikeouts. So he has had better performances, but he I mean, he still gives you a chance there. Um, I, I feel like we'd take that line from pretty much any, anyone else uh, on the team. I'll take it from Giulietta, too. So I'm going to put it on the offense. And um, one thing that I had thrown out there during the game, Tony, one of my takes, um, and, and this is going to be uh, – what, what I'm going to roll with here until they prove me wrong: the White Sox do not have the word "opportunistic" in their dictionary. Would you agree with that?
1: I can I can see that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go all out with you and agree 100% here because I feel like this is a, a trendy thing versus an all the time thing. But right now, in this very moment, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna agree with you on this. Yeah, so like I said, it's 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 within a uh, vacuum, I
0: guess you'd say, with it within within this uh, last little stretch here. Um, But the the good teams, uh, and I know the White Sox are still figuring it out. Uh, It it is a uh, you know we're kind of more middle ground than we were you know last year. We kind of expected the losses to pile up, um, and now when they are this season. I mean, granted, they're still you know six games under five hundred here, so it's not extreme. um, shades of the dark days of the rebuild, I guess you could call it. Um, but just the offense, not, I mean, no runs through the first half of the full, you know, the whole game here, um, one in the six, one in the eighth, uh, they had a opportunity to add more in that eighth inning. Yulmer Sanchez coming up, bases loaded, um, strikes out and that is where I just kind of, uh. You know, they're not capitalizing on opportunities here. Uh, When uh, just going back to the Oakland game on Sunday, after Cordell makes that play to cut down the go-ahead run, they had a chance to, I mean, they didn't get anything going in their top half, but that is when they should have, you know, taken, you know, seize the day, seize the moment, whatever it is, whatever, you know, carpe diem, whatever phrase you want to throw out there, as cliche as it may be, uh, that's your time to, uh, you know, grab the uh, game, and uh, that's, that's what good teams do. That, I guess that's what, that, that's what the bottom line will be here, too. Good teams will find a way to take advantage of the opportunities that they make for themselves or that they are given, and the White Sox did not do that and have not done that over the past couple of days.
1: Here's a stat for you. Team runners in scoring position, one for 13. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. I, I, it's laughable bad. Laughable bad. And you know what? The Royals were three for 16, three for 16. That's terrible too. All you had to do was just be better than three for 16 in runners in scoring position. And you would have probably won this ball game. You know, Mm -hmm. you you talk about seizing the opportunity, and this is something that I've talked about with the bullpen all year. You know, when we see bullpen B squad come out in a very winnable ball game, I get frustrated I get very frustrated with that because you have a closer like Calame. You've got some of these back-end bullpen pieces that were great in the first half of the year. I'm not even going to call them great in the second half of the year right now, Johnny, because we haven't seen that. We haven't even seen mm. that at all. I don't even know if they've had the opportunity to be, but I know Marshall got touched up the other day. Yep. Opportunistic. I, I, I'm... I'm I'm really liking the way that you phrased that because it, it it's just it's so relatable right now. it's so relatable you know good teams like you said find ways to win these ball games if if this is the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, all these other clubs, they're not going one for 13 with runners in scoring position and they're ace on the mound and losing a ball game like this against a yeah. last place team. Oh, and you
0: know what the thing is with the, what just kind of frustrates me? It seems like this. Uh, this is granted, this is all just, you know, my perception of things. But even their 7 8 9 hitters will find a way to get it done, whatever it may be. A single that barely squeaks through, whatever it is. They're not striking out with guys, the bases loaded. You know what I'm saying? They're giving themselves a chance.
1: All right. So you talk about 7 8 9 hitters, Johnny. And White Sox Sale hit us with his hashtag meatball take of the day. And I love this. Yonder Alonso or AJ Reed is making me miss Yonder Alonso. I love this meatball take. This is, this is extra spicy right here. Here's I got the headband meat- on for it. I'm ready for it. Here, here's, here's a little bit more to this meatball take. AJ Reed's your DH today, hitting in the seventh spot. And he gets pinch hit for by Jose Rondon. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. You can't. I'm ang- <laughs> dude. I'm so angry with this. When are the White Sox gonna find oh, a DH that doesn't suck?
0: When Eloy moves there.
1: Yeah, okay. When Eloy moves there. Why? <laughs> no, why yeah. can't? Right now, no. Yeah. yeah I, I this is know. this it's is an, this is embarrassing, Johnny. Look at look at our use of the DH spot. This is supposed to be a guy who can hit. And you're what? pinch hitting. You are pinch hitting your DH. For a guy who's hitting two oh three. this is, this is asinine, man. I I don't understand it. I don't understand this. I understand situational, you know, pinch hitting and all this stuff. In the American League, you should not have a DH. Granted, AJ Reid's only played in like three or four ball games at this point in time in the second half of the season since joining the White Sox. He's hitting. 100. I mean, this is, at this point, Yonder Alonso 2.0. He left four guys on base today and gets pinch hit for by a utility infielder.
0: Yeah. What, what did I say when we had talked about this read uh, pickup off of waivers, Tony? I had said, you know, if he doesn't perform in the whatever first sample size that he's given there, what, whether that be seven games, 10 games, 14 games, whatever it is, John Jay's gonna be back in the DH role before you know it. On days when he's not playing in the outfield,
1: you know what? At least John Jay can hit the ball. That's at least I John know. Jay can hit the ball.
0: Think about resorting to that, though. Whereas other teams are utilizing DH as a power bat, and we just can't do that because nobody's capable.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, this is really sad. At least in my opinion, that we can't we can't figure out the DH spot. We can't figure out the DH spot. We have one of the most hitter-friendly parks in the American League, and yet we can't figure out the DH spot. It's it's I don't if you can't tell I'm a little frustrated tonight. I thought this team was going to come out a little bit better in the second half. I was really excited for baseball to return, and it's just been nothing but nothing but crap little league baseball that I've seen. You know, throwing the ball around. We saw it again tonight. There was, you know, pass ball nonsense going on. I mean, it's they look like they took that break and just completely forgot how to play baseball. That's what it looks like to me on the field right now. It's it's ter it's it's terrible baseball to watch. I I don't even, I mean, I don't even know what you do to kind of right the ship here because, like I said, you had the guy that's supposed to shut this shit down on the mound today. And let's talk a little bit about Lucas Giolito. Six innings, gives up seven hits, three runs, all of them earned. He walks one, strikes out five. His ERA now sits at a 3.23, and he uh, he is 11-4 and four on the season. Uh, we made Junis look like an ace again. This is what the White yeah. Sox tend to do. Uh, seven innings, gives up five hits, only one run, walks two batters, and strikes out ten. Yeah, you know it, it's like we
0: we we have a knack for making just average pitchers look like aces or Cy Young candidates. Um, it, it really does seem to be a White Sox problem, and I, I honestly don't know what to pin it to. How how do you strike out ten times? Uh, I feel like that's lack of preparation, Tony.
1: Um, I think it's really easy when you have uh, AJ Reed striking out three times and Yolmer Sanchez striking out three times. And uh you know you got the guy in the middle of your order James McCann kind of having an off day besides his home run. He also got k'd up 3 times. So right there Moncada struck out twice yeah, too. Yeah, you got Moncada striking out twice. Now, now not only 10 they they struck out a total of 13 times today White Sox hitters. So each reliever for the Kansas City Royals also got another strikeout. Um that's that's really not good when you're stri- when you're giving up 13 of your outs. To strikeouts, not putting the ball in play, that's how you wind up one for thirteen with runners in scoring position and leaving ten runners on base because they're not even putting the ball in play. You know, we've we had a oh. few we had a few innings here where there, we had rallies going and never were able to put more than one run across the plate. Yep. And here's the other interesting fact in this game: the Royals made two errors. Yeah. And you're only able yeah. to get. Two runs. Meatball take it right here, Johnny. If the if the opponent makes two errors, you should at least get the win there. Yeah. You have to capitalize on shitty play by the other team.
0: It's, it's about being opportunistic, Tony. Yeah, uh, it goes right back it, to it what comes yeah. in. It goes yeah. right back into my point. So you said you didn't want to agree with me, and I know you said you wouldn't vacuum there, but um, that that's kind of where I was going with it um th- any sort of thing you it take it's taking advantage of whatever the other team gives you or positions that you put yourself in um the reason just, the
1: reason johnny that i don't want to fully agree on this is because i feel like we have had some opportune moments this season um out of specifically moncada and Eloy, and so i can think back to some of those opportune things that we've done you know one of them against the Cubs the Eloy home run the other one was the Moncada and extras to tie it back up so we I've, I've seen the opportunistic things I've seen some of these things happen but in a vacuum and for the most part over this rebuild we have seen the White Sox not be opportunistic more times than we've seen them be opportunistic I was hoping that we were turning that corner and now it just like we said before run this free fall
0: yeah, it's, I mean, whenever I just look at this, I just go back to the offense. John Jay, the only one, I mean, and even some of his were what Hawk would call Kansas City specials tonight or whatever it was. Uh, um, the Babbitt King, as it's been thrown out, um, referring to John Jay on Twitter. But, hey, he was four for four tonight, so um, my meatball take then here, Tony, um. Just get it done any way possible. Uh, this is, you know, this is why it's the meatball take. Um, sometimes you got to grind it out. Um, get it done any way possible. Um, John Jay, it's not the sexiest exit velocity. It's not, you know, oh, well, you can't keep this up. It's this and that. Well, you know what? He was the only one that was consistently on base tonight. So um, maybe some other guys could uh, take a page out of his book and just finding the spots, hit it where they ain't, that kind of stuff.
1: Should John Jay be batting leadoff for this team? <laughs>
0: I mean it wasn't spring training. Um there's uh it, yeah, Larry Garcia's back. I mean, he's still floating up. It, he's two ninety-one now, but um I mean there's there's a case to be made um with just you know, you ride a hot hand like we talk about in hockey. Um kind of you could ride a hot hand at the top of the lineup there, if that's gonna be John Jay. Um obviously it'll be uh Determine on handedness too because Larry Garcia is a switch hitter and John Jay is a strictly left handed hitter. So I feel like that'll play a factor into the decision there. But I think there's a case to be made for John Jay. At least give him a shot. I mean, because Larry's been doing it most of the time. Um, I said maybe just ride the hot hand and put him up there and see what happens um,
1: for a couple of games at least. Can we agree that getting on base is cool and tough? Yeah, it is. So. I, I want the guy who's getting on base up in that leadoff spot. Garcia walked three times today. That's that's something that we don't normally see out of Garcia. Very and, rare. And, you know, Johnny, we we bring a, you brought up hockey here, and I know you and I are going to be recording Four Feathers later tonight. I'm going to spin this in a little bit of a hockey sense. Is there anybody else on this team right now who's more banged up than Luray Garcia?
0: Mm, I, I don't think so. Because I mean, that's this play, I mean, no.
1: You know, he, he just he seems to be getting banged up often. You know, the other day he falls down in the batter's box. I gave him meatball take. I said he's got to get up and run. But he hasn't really missed a game either. So, you know, on the flip side to that, Lure Garcia is like a hockey player. He's playing through all of those little nagging things that are, that's going on right now. And, and let's give some credit here for Mr. Garcia. You know, he's been... He, If he went down and goes to the I.L. after, you know, we saw him, you know, pull up on a hamstring, it looked like a little bit earlier in the season, never missed a day. Um, You know, the other day he looks like he gets injured and, you know, he's still in this lineup. Do you want to see Jose Rondon at shortstop every day? Cause I don't No, I was just going to say, I was just going
0: to say, you'd be ready for a lot more Jose Rondon, um, which we've already railed on Andrew Kinsler and I did. Um, especially after that, uh, wide throw that he made, um, that helped end the game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, he, he did walk when he came into pinch hit tonight, but, um, it's, it's not, you know, two oh three like three, like you mentioned, uh, Sure, AJ Reed's only 100, but that's very, very, very small sample size. So, um, I, I did. I do not want to see Jose Rondon every day. Um, he, he's got to be like your last resort off the bench, in my opinion.
1: He shouldn't even be on the bench. Let's let's be honest here.
0: And no a more winning options. I know, that's I know, why
1: that's why. Oh I know, no, on a winning team, on no. A winning absolutely, team. not.
0: Yeah. But I'm saying for right now, no more options. Um, not like he can just exchange him out for someone in Charlotte. It's not not feasible. And they're probably keeping him around for when Lurie Garcia inevitably, uh, probably has something that, uh, puts him out of the lineup for a little bit. Um, I think he's had it the past two seasons at least, uh, at least for a short period of time. I know last season it was for a more extended period of time towards, uh, closer to the end of the season, end of August through mid September. And he did come back and finish the season, but still, um, you know, it it could be just an inevitability thing there. And, uh, no one else is ready. No one else is, uh, at least in their minds, uh, no, no one at AAA is worth that call up in their minds. I mean, we could argue about that all day and who would rather see. But I feel like that's more of another, you're probably going to get the same level of production. It'd yep. just be a new face and be like, oh, we'll see what this guy can do. And I don't know. It's, a, uh, yeah, it, this this will not be a uh, problem on a
1: contending team. No. Uh, let's, let's hope not. Um, so with that said, a little bit of news that we got to get into here. Uh, Post game, Zach Collins has been optioned to AAA Charlotte. I think we all saw this coming. Andrew Kinsler wrote a a blog about this the other day. Who's going to be the odd man out when, uh, when the beef returns, the beef is going to be back likely tomorrow. He finished up his AAA rehab stint and it's Collins, the odd man out. And let's talk a little bit about Zach Collins' first stint with the White Sox. Johnny, how did you feel about Zach Collins?
0: Well, two hits in 31 at-bats. I believe that was the uh, you know success rate for Zach Collins there. So a um, cup of coffee, whatever you want to call it, um, first taste, I know he had said some quotes that, uh, you know, the food's nicer, the hotels are nicer, everything, you know, the pay is nicer, all that at the major league level. So, I mean, at least he enjoyed it and hopefully he's working his way back uh, um, to get, you know, get back up to Chicago uh, very soon. I mean, I would, at this point, I'd probably guess it's September unless there's a tr- like the White Sox go and trade McCann. Um, but you know, you don't know what their future plans are for him at this point in time. And, uh, I mean, I, uh, you know, I would have liked to see more of Zach Collins. I would have liked to see him get more of an opportunity. Um, but uh, they, obviously they picked their option here and they're going to take a flyer on a guy like, uh, AJ Reed. Um, and I, I, don't agree with it. I would honestly rather see Collins. Like you had mentioned, I think you mentioned this a lot. And you say a well-rounded bat taken in the first round, what was he eighth overall, seventh overall? Um, you expect that that's not a platoon guy. Um, no. that, that's someone who is, you know, in the lineup consistently, uh, can hit against either righties or lefties. Um, I, I would have liked to see more of him, but um, you know, the success rate was not there for him, and at least he could play every day in Charlotte, so good for him but uh, I don't know. It's, it's tough, man. We're going to have to be watching AJ Reed unless he just out of nowhere starts hitting the ball out of the park consistently. So um, that that, that's all, that's all I've got. Uh, What what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Zach Collins, I think he went 10th. Yeah. 10th first round, 10th pick. Um, Yeah. I mean, you kind of stole the words right out of my mouth there. If, If you told me that our first round pick, I mean, this, I hate to go and and compare him to Carson Fulmer. You don't draft somebody in the first round with a draft profile that says, you know, this guy's going to be a lights out starter with great stuff and then have him wind up in the bullpen. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a loss. And I think that Sox fans can agree that Carson Fulmer has to this point not worked out. And, the The first thing that I get in my my if i'm if if the Zach Collins cup of coffee right here I'm tasting this coffee and it it doesn't smell good doesn't taste good I'm spitting it back out because I don't want a pinch hitter platoon catcher who is only batting against you know one type of handed pitcher here and playing situationally I want this guy in the lineup every goddamn day. You know, this is this is why you draft somebody in the first round as a well-rounded bat, one of the most well-rounded bats in all of college. You would think that this guy in in college is facing both lefties and righties. He's playing every day. You're drafting him to be your everyday catcher, and that's what I thought in this rebuild. We were going to get out of Zach Collins. You know, we've been talking for the last two years, Johnny, about how we're going to have. Zach Collins, Sebi Zavala. And then, you know, thank God we signed McCann because could you imagine if we didn't right now how bad the catcher spot would be this year? You know, that would be Se- so bad. Sebi Zavala came up. He he looked kind of Zach Collins-esque. I mean, they're both of these guys came up in their first cup of coffee and really didn't see much success at all. You know, outside of the home run the Collins hit, Everything else just really wasn't that great, so I know it takes everybody a little bit of time to adjust. And Zach Collins is very, you know, well respected for his eye and his plate discipline and you know uh, his knowledge of the strike zone. But you know the guy comes up and he hits 077 and just never really, you know showed that he could even stick behind the plate. And that was one of the questions. Is Zach Collins going to be an everyday catcher? Can he stick at the catcher position? And then they started to say that, you know, they, they, they talked so much about how he was going to, you know, put in these reps at first base, and he never even got the opportunity to do so. We saw the one game where uh, Daniel Palka comes in and, and plays first base. The Sox go and pick up A.J. Reed, another first baseman. So they never even really gave him the option to play there. You know, you thought when Yonder Alonzo went away, oh, well, Zach Collins can come up and be your backup first baseman now. And that never even came to fruition. So I don't know if this is so much of mismanagement by the Sox as it is they really know what the book on Collins is or, or have determined what the book is on Collins. So to me, this is a guy that I would like to see traded. Johnny, I would I would like to see Zach Collins probably traded before we have to go through this again, just because I would like to see him gone before we have to get to the point where we really find out that he is not good. If that's going to be the case, you know, it, I don't think you can sell high on him right now. But if you can get something for him, he's the type of guy that I would package up and go get something. That's, I guess, where I'm at with him because I know this is a small sample size, but the way that the White Sox handled his first time here, it didn't instill any confidence in me that he is going to be a productive major leaguer.
0: So this is not only about Zach Collins. It is also about the team's use and faith in him, and they did not show much faith at all for all those aforementioned reasons that uh, you had laid out there, Tony. And that is concerning. Yes, as a, uh, you know, top 10 draft pick, uh, you expect more. You want more. You need more. You you absolutely do. Especially after, uh, I know Carson Fulmer wasn't top 10, but, you know, a uh, first-round type. uh, Missing on that. uh, Missing again on another year. Um, I'm not writing Zach Collins off now. Of course not. Uh, This is his first stint here. But um, I I think those points that you bring up are all just questions about the organization's view of him. And if he was getting these first-base reps in uh, practice and before games and whatever uh, time that they had him uh, getting prepped there and they never used him, what does that say about their faith in him? Is that that they just want to, I don't know, uh, entertain it for later? Um, I mean... (laughs) It it, uh, it brings up a lot of questions, and uh, that's something that we're going to see going forward. I think the uh, trade take is interesting. I don't know if I would be as gung-ho to package him up and ship him out right now as you are, but, uh, it, I mean, it's all stuff to keep in mind. Um, this this uh, cup of coffee, as you may call it, um, could be telling, um, but it also could just be a uh, short stint that, He's going to go back down to Charlotte and then come back up in September and he'll be competing for a roster spot next spring. Um, We'll see what that brings. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with what happens with James McCann, Wellington Castillo over this next month. Trade deadline's coming up July 31st. So let's see what happens here. Um, But, you know, it's not an encouraging uh, first stint from Zach Collins here, to say the least.
1: Tony? Nope. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to close the book on this yep. and let's, let's move it let's out. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about tomorrow's game. We've got Dylan cease Dylan cease day. The second start of Dylan ceases career. Uh, he's one and with a 5.4 era, six strikeouts. We saw him in the first game of the doubleheader against Detroit uh, in what was a slightly different time and feeling about this White Sox team, let's see if Cease can write the ship. He's got Glenn Sparkman, two and five with a five point one eight ERA. Uh, Sparkman, he is—he's uh, beatable. Let's just say that. So, if the Sox are going to come out and, and try and write the ship, let's do it tomorrow. We've got—we've got a long set against these Royals, and I don't want to see this get any worse than it already has um johnny thoughts on tomorrow and let's just fire off the picks to click right now
0: yeah so you had mentioned uh dylan cease uh he is one no i mean it's 5.4 era uh they were able to salvage that for him uh in that first game against detroit back in that you know what seemed magical uh day on july 3rd uh so i mean that at least you know helps a pitcher's mindset going forward I think because um, there's a lot of mental that goes into it. We Anyone can crunch the numbers and look at their F4B war, B war um, their you know anything their FIP anything like that but I do think there is a big mental aspect to it that you just don't know if you're not in the clubhouse if you're not one of those guys so uh, we'll see how that affects East, and hopefully you can just come out um, with a clear head tomorrow and uh, put the White Sox in a position to win. That's the biggest thing for him but you'd ask for my pick to click I am going to go with Uh, Jose Abreu.
1: All right. There we go. Jose Abreu. um, You know, the whole team today went either Eloy or Moncada. So that was kind of cool. I'm trying to think of who I can go with tomorrow. We saw the home run from McCann, uh, but he also struck out three times, but I'm going to take McCann tomorrow. Uh, He went, he went long. Dingers are cool and tough. So I'm going to stick with McCann. I think he can, he can put another one on the board tomorrow. Uh, there's my pick to click.
0: All right. I like it. Um, yeah, Tony, it's just time to get back on track. Uh, we had, we, we've we been sputtering four in a row since the All-Star break. Um, I'm not calling end of the world here. It's just the downslope of the roller coaster. I understand there's ups and downs in a season. So um, as negative as the tone has sounded tonight to our listeners, uh, no, you know, we're here. We're, we're just uh, giving our, you know, wearing our heart on our sleeves as fans. So, um, that's what we're here for. Um, we hope you appreciate it. Hope you appreciate it. our meatball takes, um, because sometimes you just need to vent those and get them out. Uh, thank you to white Sox sale and unprotected socks for providing us with theirs. Uh, we appreciate it. You can feel free to interact and give yours in the future. Um, let's just t- every day, tomorrow's a new day. Uh, it's cliche, but it is. And, uh, Dylan Cease, young guy with a lot of hope. Um, obviously, people are projecting him to possibly have a better career than Michael Kopech. Um, it's still very early for both of them uh, with the small amount of starts that they've had combined in the league. But um, let's see what Dylan Cease can do against a lesser opponent because yes, the Royals now are up in fourth place, I guess, when not mind the Sox. but you know, both the Royals and the Tigers are bad this year, Tony.
1: Yes, they are. All right, Johnny, let's close this one out. Let's go White Sox. As you said, tomorrow's a new day.
0: Let's go white size.